The following audio is from The Well. We are a church that is committed to gospel growth, family formation, and missional engagement in Hastings, Nebraska. More information about The Well can be found at www.thewellhastings.com. We hope the message you are about to hear will spur you on to growing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be formed as a follower of Jesus, and to be engaged in the mission of Jesus to seek and to save the lost within a yard of hell. Good morning, you guys. Um, I just really feel blessed to be able to be here. Usually, I've been reprimanded for saying what I don't have, but what I do have is a call from God to share His Word. What a blessing that is, that He allows me to do that for anybody, let alone a whole room full of people. Um, I, I'm humbled by the fact that you guys are all here and that I get an opportunity just to share a little bit of what um, God shows me through His Word. Uh, you've been studying in Acts, right? And I'm supposed to follow along, so I guarantee you my teaching will be different <laughs> than uh, uh, than Joe's for sure. But uh, all comes from the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this place. I thank you for all this congregation of people. I just ask, Lord, that you'd fill this place with the Holy Spirit. People would know that they've spent some time in your presence and in your word, Lord. Today, please guard my mouth, my mind, my thoughts, and all the things that I say that they would come from you. Lord Jesus, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're in Acts 20, 17. From Malthus, he sent word to, the, to Ephesus to call the, to himself the elders of the church. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know that from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and trials, which came upon me through, a, through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was beneficial and and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to the whole, to both Jews and to the Greeks, for for of the repentance towards God in faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testified to me in every city, saying that chains and afflictions await me. But if you do not consider, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish the course of the, in the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly to the gospel of his grace. And behold, uh, I know that you all, that all of you among whom I went about preaching in the kingdom uh, will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day that uh, I am innocent of the blood of all people, for I did not shrink from declaring the, the word, uh, declaring to you the whole purpose of God, be on, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock 
among which the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after, I, after my departure, savage wolves will come in and among you, not sparing the flock, but or and from among your own, your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things and thirst things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert. Remember that night and day, uh, for a period of three years, I did not cease from admonishing each one with tears, with uh, each one with tears. And now I entrust you to God, uh, to the word of His grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. And I have, co I have coveted no one's silver, uh, gold, or clothes. You yourselves know these, uh, these hands uh, only, <laughs> you yourselves know these hands served my own needs and the men who were, who were with me. In everything I showed you what uh, that by working hard, this is the way you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus uh, that he said that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Then uh, when we had, when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. And uh, they began weeping aloud and uh, embracing Paul and repeatedly kissing him. Uh, grieving especially over the word which he had said, uh, which he had spoke, that he, they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. There is so much in this passage, so many different things about our Lord and about Paul, how how he taught. First off. When he called the elders, he didn't go to Ephesus to see them. He called them to Malthus to be with him. Probably because he was pretty well known and famous there by that time. People loved him and wanted to be around him because he was teaching them the truth and telling them about the love of Christ. So he needed to have those people away from the major congregation so they could hear the charge that he's going to give them later on. Um... The, you know, the first day he set foot in Asia, he always worked. Paul was a tent builder. He had, he had partners at tent build with him. He taught people to do the same job. He made his own money. And then he still worked, his, he still worked the ministry of building up the church in Ephesus and other places, too. He spent most of his time working with his hands to prove who he was and how he was. This is one of the smartest Jews, one of the most educated Jewish people in the entire area. He was, he was as Saul, he was destined to be the high priest. He'd been taught by high priests. He'd been in school since his childhood and know, he knew all the Quran. He knew all the Old Testament. He had that to teach from. But the New Testament, or the Old Testament, all of it points to the Messiah. The realization that Paul had when, when he was on his road to Damascus that the Messiah really is here. 
And so being able to teach that among all those people, he had, he had to remain humble and keep working like Christ would have done. I believe that, that Christ, you know, he said, I came to serve, not to be served. And so Paul is following after those things. I'm not sure exactly how long Paul was in the desert or being taught before he actually started off on these mission trips. I think it was something like three years. But he was being taught by the Lord and know, knew the things of the Lord and knew the stories of the Lord. Everything that was written in the New Testament hadn't been written down by then. He didn't have that available, but he had the stories from the from people that had been there, eyewitnesses that had seen. So teaching from that, um, and understanding that by being humble, he was much better off than being boisterous. Because he could have took a pulpit and screamed and hollered and, and danced around, and they would have worshipped him more and more all the time. Some people did worship Paul. He refused that. Look, I'm working hard. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm doing this to pay your way. I'm doing this to help my friends. I'm doing this to build your city up. I'm doing these things for you. I am not here to be served, but serve. So as he's doing that, he's declaring that the things that are beneficial through the, through the Gospels, through the, through the, new, through, through the Old Testament, um, Preaching to Jews and Greeks, which was dangerous. <coughs> Jews hated him because of his conversion. Uh, they loved him because of their conversion. When they actually realized that, yes, he's speaking because Christ was, is the Messiah. Um, so they loved him after hating him, which is that paradox that happens. It happened in my life. I don't know about yours. Uh, I know a few people that have just been God-fearing Christian people their whole life. And I ask them about their conversion, and they, well, it's just, I've always been like this. That's not my story. My story is more, bang, oh yeah, now I'm different, and now what do I do? Um, and just asking that, that's how I get to be up here. Because I'm humble and I want to just serve. And I love the Word of God, and so I want to share it. Um, and I'll share it with anybody, anybody at all, anybody that'll stand still long enough to listen. Um, now, uh, let's see, in 22, and now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. He was relatively safe in Ephesus and in that area. He was relatively safe there because he had a lot of friends. In three years, you can build up a pretty good friendship with a lot of people. But he's going back. He's going to Jerusalem because he's called to be there. He wants to be there by Pentecost. He'd like to be there by Pentecost. But as he's, uh, as he's preparing for that, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testified uh, to me in every city that uh, saying that chains and afflictions await me. He'd already been beaten and imprisoned multiple times by this time. He'd already gone through a lot of trials and struggles, and now he's being warned that he's got to go through it again. That would not be my, that, uh, I would not be racing to get to Jerusalem to be beat up and thrown in jail and chained and 
wounded. That would be very hard. I, I would have to be called. God would have to say, Larry, you have to go. And I'm not sure I would listen then either. Um, maybe I would. I'd hope I would. I wish I could say it positively. I'm going. Not so much. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. But, I, but Paul said, I don't consider my life any account, uh, my life of any account to be dear to myself. He's already given his life up to the gospel, to sharing the word, to the word of God, and to the people that he was serving, sharing it with. So his life already wasn't his own. And he just wanted to finish the course, finish the race that he was on. And the one that he received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly to the gospel of God's grace. God's grace, his favor, God's favor. God looking down from heaven and saying, good job. Go, do this again. No, it wasn't a failure. It's a, it's a, it's a win that you're never going to see on this earth. There's a lot of those things that I've attempted to do that I thought were just failures. And years later, come back and see that there was real fruit that came from those things. My mind was screwed up. My mind was, my vision was wrong. God's was right. I accepted Christ, I accepted salvation in 1988. I didn't have a conversion until 2001. God heard what I said in 88, and he took me seriously, even though I didn't take him seriously. And he waited patiently until the right time. Until the right time, the right moment, the right second. And called me to what I do. And I had no idea what that was. I still don't have no idea what it is most of the time. Um... But that's the grace of God. That's his, that's his unfathomable mercy that he has on us. As sinners, we're all sinners. We're born into a sinful world by sinful flesh, and we're sinners. We, God couldn't look on us except through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's too pure, too holy, too perfect. He couldn't even look at us, so he made our provision our propitiation through Christ. And Paul, telling this to people in their homes and in the public squares and everywhere that he could get people to listen to him, telling them about that love and that mercy that they all had at their access. All they had to do was believe. Um, what an awesome job that would be, even though you had to build tents every day and do all the other work too and be tired at the end of the evening and I don't really need to go over there and talk to those people. And I would wipe my brow and sit down and say, oh, maybe. Or they won't listen to me anyway. Um, those things would be what would go be thrown through my mind. Paul had seen Christ's face. And one of the songs that talked about looking on Christ's face, seeing Jesus. Just the thought of that, I'm, I want to be prepared. I want to be more than prepared for that. But 
that day will come and I will absolutely not be prepared. Uh, It will break me and save me and tear me down and lift me up and all the other emotions that could possibly come through me. That's what's going to happen. I'm sure of it. Um, I will. I will follow through with what Paul did and finish that race to get to that point. I want everyone to have that same kind of look toward the cross, toward Jesus Christ, toward, toward the risen, uh, toward our risen Lord. Um, now, <laughs> he testified, it says, uh, um, I testified to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all people. He talked to people and told them the truth. If they accepted it, they accepted it. If they didn't accept it, their blood was on their own hands. Because he knew that you can't get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. And if people weren't accepting Jesus, they weren't going to make it. And he knew hell was real. Because he'd seen that heaven is real. And there has to be the opposite side. So he's telling people, I'm, I'm innocent of all that blood. I didn't shrink away from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Do we know what the purpose of God is? We're the purpose of God. He made us because he loves us. He wants us to be near him. He wants us back. He wants us with him. We're his purpose. His sharing his love with us and everybody. That's what God wants. He doesn't want to lose not anyone. We make our choices to stay away, run away, or hide. Um, he continues to pursue us right to the very second of our death. Um, so that's God. That's that's the whole purpose of God, is to bring us to Him. Uh, it's not to bring us to a church. It's not to bring us to our knees. It's not to bring us to things that we uh, want to possess. None of those things. That's not God. He gives us all kinds of good things, but what He wants is you. So He's telling the uh, He's telling these elders. Uh, to be on guard, uh, be on guard for your be so be on guard for yourselves and for all your flock among the, uh, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, uh, and to the shepherds to the shepherds of the to shepherd the church of God, uh, which he pers- purchased with his own blood. That's how precious God believes we are. He shed his own blood through Jesus Christ on a cross. Every drop. And he'd have done it for any one of us. If it was just one of us, he would have done it for us. All of it. That's how precious we are to God. And this is the this is putting people in charge. When I get to step out and do the ministry that I do at the E-Free Church, or when I get to preach someplace else, God's giving me a calling to shepherd the people that he loves. I'm not, I'm not worried of that calling on my own. But through Jesus Christ, I get to do that. What a blessing that is, just to watch over God's sheep, to take care of the tender lambs, the ones that might not make it, the ones that are so lost, they can't hear what's being said. um, I get an opportunity to do that. We all get that opportunity. 
you may not feel like you're an elder in this church, and you may not be. There's an elders, there's an elder uh, group that oversees the happenings of this church. Correct? Those elders aren't your leaders. Those elders are your servants. And if you're a servant of God, you're an elder to someone else. And you are to serve them. That's that paradox. When I'm, the, I'm called the ministry leader at Celebrate Recovery at the Free Church, my ministry is the leaders. My leaders are above me. I'm at the bottom of the stack. Everything else, I try and all my mission goes through those leaders, just like Joe, putting everything he has into the elders. He's at the bottom of the stack. He's, he's commanded by what their needs are um, because he's been put in that position. It's not a position. It, it may seem to the world like it's a position of authority, but it's not. It's a p- position of humility, and if you can't hang on to the humility, you will lose it because of your pride. You lose a whole congregation, a whole church has failed because somebody got prideful. I'm blessed to see this church, even when all the bikers are gone. They're so much fun because they're just fun. Um, but even when, all, even when a lot of people aren't here today because they're off doing whatever they're doing, <laughs> I guess they're ministering in Lincoln or something, I'm not sure. But <laughs> uh, I got an idea what's going on. Just, uh, But... Uh, even to have this many people gather together for a little while on Sunday to take the time to hear the Word of God. Uh, I'm, it, it's such a blessing. So as we are being built up, it's not Joe, it's not the elders, it's, not, it's Jesus Christ and it's God that's building us into position. If you feel like you have a lowly position now, write it down. Write it down and try and remember what it was like when you were in that lowly position, when you didn't have the things that you have in 10 years from now. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I've had, I've had the opportunity and I get to teach people that. Look where you are now and watch what happens. Just obey the word. And you don't have to go hog wild crazy and obeying the word. You just need to in the word, believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. After that happens, you have missions that will come to you if you accept them that will be incredible and can change the world. If it's just one life that gets changed, the whole world is going to change because of that. The whole world will. And that's what God's purpose is. That's how he's drawn us back to him through others to be that changing of this world so we're prepared when Christ comes back. So that the believers, his lambs are ready for him. They can hear his voice and know his voice and run to him. <laughs> but in this warning, he talks about, I know after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and uh, not sparing the flock. There's always going to be people from the outside, people that are going to tell you it's a lie, that you can't believe this. They're trying to hurt you. They're just trying to drag you away. They may be offering to take care of you. They may be offering to draw you into their pack 
and be part of this one wonderful thing we have. Look, we have plenty of food. We get plenty to eat. Come and be one of us. But it's to draw you away. That's going to happen. It's not. There's not if, but when. If we're not, if we're not prepared, if we're not on guard, we will get sucked in. Definitely, we'll get sucked in. <clears throat> so therefore, be on the alert. Uh, remember, night and day, uh, that for a period of three years, I did not, I, I did not cease to admonish each of you with tears. And that's another calling for these elders. Do what Paul did. Tell people, where you're at right now is not really following the Lord. You're really not. You're doing something that's contrary to what we are about, what we believe. Turn your way. It's hard to do, too. When somebody's got their mind set, this is how I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. And... You want them to like you. That's my problem. I want people to like me. And when they don't, I'm just crushing. Why don't they like me? <laughs> um, I have to remember that about myself because I will, I'll allow myself to get twisted. And, and then at the, have those perverted things, the way that things have been changed from this is good to this is bad or this is bad and this is good it's happening all over the place you watch the news you can watch it happen and I don't care what side of the political fence you're on the changes that are going on are wrong they're wrong and I call that out as often as I can this is wrong it goes against it goes contrary to God we have two commandments that are the greatest. Jesus Christ said so himself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Use all your strength loving the Lord. And the second one's like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'd say love your neighbor more than yourself. Because I loathe myself often. I do take care of myself and I eat plenty and I do have some stuff that I work for, but those things don't really count. It's myself giving myself to the Lord daily is how I'm loving myself because that love's real. That love is one that's not going to fade away. It's not going to die. It's not going to disappear, run away, or betray me. That's that love that I need that. We all need that. You could say you don't, because there's a lot of tough guys in the world. I don't need nobody loving me. Just respect me. Well, I like respect too. That's one of my favorite things. I love to be respected. I'd rather be respected than loved. But that's not what Jesus said. He said to love your neighbor as yourself. Ah, so. <laughs> yeah, be careful not to be drawn away. And not to be drawn away. Remember that correcting people is loving them, even if they get angry at you. I've had to, uh, I've had opportunity to have people EPC for their own well-being because they're, com they're, they're, they were determined to commit suicide, and that's one of the hardest things you can ever have to do. 
because people don't want to be confronted in that. But if I don't, then I bury another friend. Um, that's a really hard thing to do. But if I don't make the correction, there's a life that's going to change. It's going to change to the worst. The best thing that can happen to them when they com try and commit suicide is to die. The worst thing that can happen is they live through it and then live with it. You see the little uh, uh, semicolon printed on somebody's hand. Ask them about it. If you see that tattoo on somebody, ask them about it. They were, they were either standing by somebody that almost or was them. And if you know that about them, you know how to protect them. You know how to care for them. You know how to love them. Those are just little clues that we can do as human beings to follow through with what Paul is trying to teach the, the people in Ephesus to do. The church was important because it was the people. It wasn't a building. It was the people. And the people were what was important to him. Um, he said that I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves have seen uh, how these hands have, uh, have served my own needs and the men who were with me. He had that as inner circle of friends that he made sure that his hands were working to take care of that. And then as an example, in everything I showed you that by working hard in this way that you must, you must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. One of the greatest joys in my life is the spiritual gift that me and my wife has shared. And it's the stupidest gift I ever heard of when I heard it the first time. What would ever bring God to give me the gift of voluntary poverty? I, what? And I, It's one of these spiritual gifts tests that we did as a bunch of, as a group of elders, a group of leaders, and... I saw that, and I, I was—I didn't even want to say it out loud, but that was my—that that was my main spiritual gift. And it come around to my friend to talk about my gift, and I told him that's stupid. I don't believe this. And um, then my wife spoke up, and she says, "Well, I guess I'm stupid too because mine's the same." Uh, God put us together so we could give things—give our—give things away. We have stuff. But we don't have stuff that's so important to us that we wouldn't just give it away. If somebody wants to steal my things, they can have it. Just please pay the bills. <laughs> um, there's jokes that I can make about that. But when I live that out and allow myself to enjoy what God's given me, when I get a chance to give somebody something with nothing asked back in return, I don't ask people to love me, hate me. I don't ask them to move my crap, my furniture or do anything, I give you something, I give it to you. And it's a gift. Only way I know how to do that is because what God did for me, what he gave to me. And what I see him give to other people all over, all over the place. These things that make our world more comfortable or feel more safe or all of that stuff, it's a lie. It's just a lie. You can only hang on to your stuff when you're the strongest one in the room. Somebody stronger comes along, they will take it away. If they want it, it's theirs. And we will cower. If we don't have a way to defend ourselves and protect that, we'll cower. And we'll turn away. It's better just to give it away. 
And then you're blessed. It's those paradoxes that Christ proved to us that I fight, that I turn away from, and this is stupid. Oh, but I'll do it anyway, Lord. You, know, you want me to walk on that water? Well, I guess. Uh, I won't be any good at it, but I'll try. Uh, uh, yeah, if my focus is on the Lord, I'll be just like Peter. I can step out of that boat and just walk right to him. But the wolves, the perversion from people, my friends, the thoughts in my head, those things there, take my eyes off of Jesus, cast it on the waves, and I sink. But every time I sink, guess his hand pulls me back up. You know, every time. And if he calls me out on the water, I'll go again. And I'll probably sink again. But one of these days, he's going to lift me up, and I'll be lifted up and be with him. That's the goal. Uh, let's see. Uh, when he said these things, he knelt down with them and prayed with them all. When's the last time you just sat with your friends or you heard somebody telling you something and you said, well, I'll pray for you, and then you walked away? I'll pray for you about that. I'll pray about that. You know what? We should really pray about this. And then you forget about it and walk off or start a conversation about a football game or anything else. Happens all the time. Happens to me all the time. I try to be mindful. When I say I'm going to pray for somebody, I've started to walk away, turn around, stop, say, nope, I'm doing it now because I'll forget. Or I'll just ignore it. Or it didn't mean anything that I said, I'll pray for you. When I say I'm going to pray for you, hold me to it and have me do it then and now. Because I will forget. I'm lazy and stupid. And I don't know that this is, this is a crime against God when I say I'm going to do something and I don't. It's not that I don't know. I don't care. And I do care. That's another paradox. I don't care, but I do. I'm, Christ could be a lot more clear, but if he, wouldn't, if he had been, it wouldn't be so much fun. Uh, uh, there's, there's so much of this that uh, I don't understand, but I get things revealed to me as I need. Now, after he fell down and they prayed, uh, they all began to weep aloud, embracing Paul and repeatedly kissing him. For three years, he'd been teaching them about our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of these people were looking at him like he was Jesus Christ? How many times do we take somebody and put them up on a pedestal because they're up in front preaching or teaching or doing something up here? Put you up on a pedestal, and instead of worshiping the one that's to be worshipped, we worship the person that's telling us about him. It happened then. It happens now. I'm susceptible to that, and I think everybody that I know is. Most people won't admit it. But when it comes right down to it, man, I love going to that church because that pastor really has it. I really love listening to that guy talk. He's really got it. He knows what's going on. No, I hope you love listening to me talk because I love the Lord Jesus Christ and you can see it. I love it when I see people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to be close to them. They don't have to do anything special. I just want to stand by. 
I love it when I see people that are brokenhearted and they're reaching out to the Lord because those are the people, that's where God shows up. I love being there. I love when somebody asks me about my wristwatch and I can show them. How gracious God's been to me for giving me my daughter to love me that much to give me that. Uh, sorry. No, I'm not. I'm glad I cry. Uh, <clears throat> so when he's leaving, they're losing their friend. And he told them, you're never going to see my face again. He wrote the letter to Ephesus from Rome in prison to to tell them this is what is this is what's coming. This is how you need to act. This is the way to live your life, and to remind them of all the things that he already taught them while he was there. Um, but they never saw his face again. Oh, um, they grieved over those words that he'd spoken. And that they would never see his face again. Paul denied that he was Christ by telling them that. Because he promised people, you'll see Christ's face again. If you hadn't seen it before, you will see it. But he promised them that his face, because it's human, won't be back. Uh, <coughs> so... They accompanied him to the ship. Sounds like a little bit of a letdown at the end. I can see them wanting to try and make him stay. But in other words, they, okay, you're going to go. Well, let's go. And they learned to live without that teacher. And other teachers rose up in their place through these elders that he was talking to. What a blessing it is. Those are the elders that we continue to have raised up in these churches. Your church here. Uh, all the churches around, if they have the, right, the correct thought and the correct thinking and the correct teaching about what the gospel say and have that commandment, love the Lord your God with all your, mind, all your heart, mind, body, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Having those two things and belief in Jesus Christ, this world will change. Hopefully, if we all have that, it'll change to the better and not to the worse. Thank you for letting me share. God bless you guys.